Hello everyone, this is Jesse. Just wanted to say up front that my audio was a little wonky. I messed up at some point either during the recording or the uh, editing part, but it's a little muffled. It's very listenable. Like I, um, I'll tell you that. And I will also say that me and Pooja had kind of a conversation about representation and what that means to us and whatnot as being both like, you know, new world Brown, as they said. Um, but I had to cut all of that about because their computer died in the middle of recording, uh, this first episode. So like, you know, I think this was just destined to be a little wonky anyway. Here, here's the episode. Bye. <laughs> Welcome to Alphabet Fly, Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with guests, talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse Cooper, and with me today is, um, I mean, technically a real Indian person, but not what they're going to call this person. Pooja! Hi! No star! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah, today we're going to be talking about Red Wolf 2. Okay. Red Wolf 2. What happened to Red Wolf 1? We'll never know. It, it, they, they died because they got too old. Oh, okay. That's what happened. Oh, okay. Yeah, this, but what, who do you think Red Wolf is? <clears throat> um, well, since you said Indian, I'm assuming they're a native person. Um, uh, so yeah, New World Brown, not Old World Brown, like me. Yeah, they're New World Brown, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah. yeah, I just assume they're... I don't know. It's just just some per- some person. They're just native, and maybe they have what it, it depends on, like how old the character is. But they could be really problematic, or they could be really cool. Who knows? They they have a line. It's a, it's a it's a line. Okay. Let me tell you, they're they're kind of cool, but also mm, eh, eh, uh, okay. Eh, you know. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, this is Red Wolf. Okay. Oh, cool. I like their hoods. That's yeah, pretty. That, that's a cool pelt. It's 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 the pelt of a red wolf. Yeah. Well, that makes yeah. sense. There you go. Yeah. They're in very traditional garb. Um, mm-hmm. I did not look this up, but I think they are. Yeah, Cheyenne. He's Cheyenne. Okay. <clears throat> so they didn't make up a tribe for this one, okay. which is again iffy. But, okay. But yeah. But he goes by William Tar- Tall Trees. Mm-hmm. He's a former soldier, former construction worker, and now professional adventurer. Okay. His identity is secret. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in the United States with no criminal record. He also went by Thomas Thunderhead. Okay. That's um, a cool, a cool name. Place, place of birth, Wolf Point, Montana. Nice. And his own, and his uh, known relatives is Thomas, his father, who is dead. Mother, Rebecca, his mother, dead. And William, uncle alive cool so an orphan no i think he's just traditional like his parents died because they got old oh oh so he's also really old no he's just like a a grown man okay so his parents had him when they were old probably i think so anyway i think he was raised by his uh, i think he was raised by his uncle okay 
But <clears throat> so, um, his first appearance was in Marvel. Oh, well, actually, his first appearance was in Avengers issue number eighty. Uh, in se- uh, September 1970, the coming of the Red Wolf, and I will send you a link. And um, and uh, there is a cover piece theater. Cover piece theater. Okay, so to set the scene, we have we have the Avengers, we have Thor, Cap, uh, Iron Man, Vision. And uh, they're in New York, I'm going to assume, because that's where most of the superheroes in Marvel Universe are. And we have a, we have, uh, I'm going to assume Red Wolf on top of, uh, looks like a scaffolding maybe, or no, no, a roof, a roof type thing. And there is a white wolf going down, about to attack the, the group. And, uh, and when it was, what is, what is, uh, he's saying now, Lobo, attack. And the dog's Which, like, Arg! Like yeah, a pirate. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, Thor is saying, Avengers, we've been deceived. Tis say a man and a wolf do lurk by, but I do not see them. Yeah. <laughs> I love Thor. Everyone else is just like, what the f-? Like, <laughs> Iron Man is trying to get the fuck out of there. <laughs> Cap is just like, whoa, he forgot he has a shield for a moment. Vision. <laughs> Who could turn intangible is just like, oh no, a wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Three oh people who don't have to worry. All four people don't have to worry about a wolf. <laughs> and and <laughs> Thor just looking off <laughs> to the middle distance. Where, I don't hey, see anything. Where, where's the wolf? <laughs> what are we talking about here? Where's this, where's this goddamn wolf? What are you talking about? <laughs> I smell it, but I don't see it. Someone lied to us. <laughs> uh, but yeah. <laughs> oh so God. among the Cheyenne uh, Indians, uh, among the Cheyenne tribe mm-hmm. uh, of the American pri- uh, of the American uh, plains, is a widespread belief of, and I don't know how to say this, Oweodata, Oweodata, the wolf spirit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the spirit, one of the uh, one of the Native American gods. Okay, so you, they just use, like, more respectful term, like, in the same goddamn sentence. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> just like, come on. You can say tribe. Yeah. They're a tribe. They're, they're, they're a tribe. Yeah. Also, they're Native Americans. You got it. You, you have it right there. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever. <clears throat> uh, the spirit, yeah, um, the spirit, one of the Native American gods, is a uh, entity on the order of the Asgardians or the Olympians, but generally chooses to imbue his essence and, famil- and attributes in a human host rather than physically materialize um, on the earthly plane. Within bloodlines of a certain uh, Cheyenne family, Oweodato has often chosen to manifest himself, choosing a quasi-superhuman champion of the people called Wedwolf. How long the wolf spirit has been manifesting himself in this particular way, is not yet known, nor is why he chose this particular bloodline that he has. Um, the first red wolf is said to have tamed the first horse and had driven his uh, people's enemies, such as the Sioux from the plains, that the Cheyenne could have their own land. The first red wolf, about whom there are historical details, as is the young 
full-blooded Cheyenne who, after his tribesmen were massacred by the U.S. Calvary, was raised by a kindly white couple who named him Johnny Wakely. Wakely became an orphan again when the when the uh, natives slaughtered his foster parents. That's just a real bummer. <laughs> you found you found a good one, and they'd be like, "Oops, okay, cool." Yeah, this is this isn't going to be traumatic in any way. Dang, sucks to be alive. Uh, the pursued by renegade members of his own tribe, Wakely stumbled upon a burial space of a former Red Wolf and was visited by Oweodato, Oweodata, uh bidden to don the ceremonial garb of the Red Wolf, was given the totem of power, uh, the coup stick. Wakely became the latest incarnation of the Red Wolf, who was later aided by a wolf, the Wolf Lobo, whom he found in the burial place. Oh, that's convenient. Hmm. It's just, just a wolf, you know, right there. Yeah. Um... Also named Wolf, but in Spanish, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like if I called my cat Gato. It's, uh, same energy. Um, the uh, the Red Wolf Wakely used great the great skills and prowess he had acquired from Oweodata to try to bring peace before the white and red peoples. Ooh, fadufa. Okay. Ooh, fadufa. <laughs> the the right white and uh the the native people. Oh, mm. Okay. Oof oof. Well, okay. Well. <clears throat> mm. And then he eventually met his eyes. Not yet. Uh, mm-hmm. Not yet recorded. I'm gonna assume he just died of old age because I feel like they would have shown his death in the comics at some point if it was like spectacular in some way. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> In the latter half of the 20th century, another man assumed the uh, mantle of Red Wolf, Will Talltrees, son of Thomas Talltrees, one of the Cheyenne tribal leaders, uh, grew, uh, grew up on a reservation, hearing the tales of the Red Wolf from the spiritual leaders of the tribe. Reaching adulthood, Red Trees left to enlist in the army. After serving his time, he became a country worker in uh, New York, New York City. Uh, returning home, Tall Trees witnessed his father being intimidated s- into selling his property to a corrupt businessman, Cornelius Van Lunt. It's a very money bag type of- It's also very white. It's yeah. like aggressively white. <laughs> you know, I've never had, I've never met somebody who's, whose name was Van something in California. I feel like it's an East Coast thing. It's, it's, I think it's mostly an East Coast thing or like yeah. a German thing. Yeah, just all or, this German nobility, I guess. It might also be a Dutch thing, too. Yeah, Van... Well, they're... Yeah, you know, Van is, like, yeah. Vincent Van Gogh, Dutch yeah. painter, so... Yeah. And that night, uh, Tall Trees became the sole survivor of the massacre of his family oh. at the hands of uh, Van Lent's henchmen. Swearing vengeance, Tall Trees donned the ceremonial garb of the Red Wolf kept by the tribe's spiritual leaders to perform the ritualistic dance he once witnessed as a youth. He was then visited by Oweodata and imbued with his spiritual legacy. Tall Trees found a wolf club, a wolf cub, who he named Lobo and trained to be his companion. As in the legends of the previous Red Wolves, stalking Van Lunt back to New York, Red Wolf extracted, exacted revenge from him with the aid of the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Thor never saw him. He was always right, right behind <laughs> him at all times. They're just like, Thor, be like, shh, 
I'm trying to hear where they're at right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, upon his return to the Southwest, he began a career as a mass vigilante and the champion of freedom. Recently, he was attacked ser- and seriously injured by the international assassin known as the Bengal. Mm-hmm. Um, this assault was a result of actions William Talltrees had been involved in with his tour of duty in Vietnam. There was more than one Native American mm-hmm. in Vietnam that got spiritual powers in the Marvel Universe. Okay. More than one. Interesting. It's, it's just int- Yeah. Yeah. Fun. It's fun that that's a thing that you do. Yeah. To Native American characters. They <laughs> always have spiritual powers that yeah. are tied to animals. Uh-huh. Now, sometimes... Sometimes they're just strong. But mm-hmm. then you name something like Thunderbird when they're from a tribe that doesn't even believe in the Thunderbird and yeah. then you kill them off. I'm also looking for like um like gods that the Cheyenne tribe had um <clears throat> in Cheyenne mythology. I'm not seeing a wolf god. Well, you know, I didn't look that up, so yep, I I guess I had to make <laughs> up sword thing. Uh, <laughs> that's weird. Why didn't you just use the existing mythology if you're gonna use a real tribe. Just make up a tribe. Like, here's the thing. If you're just, just gonna do willy-nilly, just make up a tribe. Just make them up. You know? Just, uh, or don't. Or maybe get sensitivity readers or someone from that culture yeah. to look over it. Yeah. You know. It's weird. To be fair, the 70s. The 70s was the era of white liberals just really loving Native American culture, so. Yeah. That's um, the, I'm not surprised at all about any of this so far. Yeah. Uh, during the conflict, uh, Lobo was killed and Red Wolf n- nearly <gasps> fatally wounded. Oh, no. Now, by the way, the dog dies. Oh. Um, yeah. While the doctor struggled to save his life, William Talltrees underwent a spiritual trial by fire at the hands of Oweodata, which Talltrees wrestled with his own misplaced guilt over mm-hmm. his participation in the Vietnam War. Interesting. I mean, that's fine. Well, I mean, I guess it's fine on an individual level, but it makes it... Yeah. It's uh, it's, on an individual level, yes. It makes sense. You know, it's like, well, shit. You know. You know, I don't know. I'm I'm of two minds. (laughs) Like, he couldn't do anything about it, but I'm sure, like, it's still, like... It makes sense. Story-wise, it does make sense. It's believable that he would feel like, you know, like he's going to have a lot of feelings about that. Like, you know, I'm pro- I am participated in an imperialist project in service of, you know, an imperialist government that's that hurt my people and, you know, all that. And it's like, well, what happened to New World, Old World, Brown Solidarity? Is normally when they do something like that, they try to make it a grander thing and like they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, America. Uh, yeah, but they they probably did it in a weird way. <laughs> I don't Going trust Marvel. them. Yeah, no, I don't trust them. That's, That's the thing. Yeah, if they if they if there's a potential that that is a good story and that's a good character arc, it would be like fine. Um, but. They there's, probably there's, did it in a weird way yeah, that was like exactly. weirdly racist, but also imperialistic. Yeah, like I don't. There's a chance that there's a really good chance that they did that. So, like, Who I think knows? the only, 
I think the only, like, one of the few good, like, uh, commentaries mm-hmm. that they did on an act of war that was happening, which, by the way, this story almost came out ten years ago, but it was Agent Venom, where he came back from fighting in Afghanistan, and uh, he lost both his legs. Um, and it's Flash Thompson, the former bully of, uh, and current friend of, um, of Peter Parker. Okay. Okay, Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. But he lost his legs, so the government was just like, hey, hey, I know, you want, you want legs? Legs? Okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe if you, uh, kill people for us, we'll get you some legs. Oh and, then, uh, and they gave him Venom legs, but then the Venom really liked, then Venom really liked them, and it was like, yo. Let's let's do, let's do Spider Man, but with guns. Oh my god! And it's what? But by the way, really good story. It really really good. Like okay. one of my favorite runs I've read. It's uh, very well done. Um, Interesting. It talks about PTSD in a way that feels very honest. Oh, that's um, nice. And also, also, it's nice having even. I don't even know if it's performative. I think it, it's nice just having like pretty openly disabled. Well, is that the right term? Whatever. Pretty open. No, I think that's the right term. Pretty open, disabled um, superheroes as well, because Venom is Venom is basically his prosthetic legs, and also his friend, you know. And um, <clears throat> without him, like he's you know he he can still work, but like you know he uses tools around him. So it's nice, and I like that there's a lot of openly you know disabled heroes now. Yeah, that's like, yeah. Thor is one of them. He has to have a prosthetic arm. In the oh comics. yeah. I didn't even think about that. But that, see, that's yeah. that's good that you're you're not even like thinking about that kind of stuff because it's just yeah. so integrated in. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. and it's because and it's just it's there, mm-hmm. and I feel like and they don't mention it all the time. That's the thing they don't mention. Yeah, it. they don't make a, a they don't make a giant like ordeal <laughs> out of it. And because of that, it makes it more normalized because that's what you're supposed to do. This has been Alphabet Flight, and may Conchie protect you through all of your night travels. Good night. Mm-hmm.